do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Are bestsellers all they're hyped up to be? The Terrible Book Club explores whether or not you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. If you've ever seen a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Hello and welcome to episode 90 of the Terrible Book Club. Uh, I am Chris. This is Paris. Hello. This is D. Hi. And this is Ken. Howdy. With our podcast combined, we are once more the Terrible Antique, Antique Book, Book Freaks. Freaks. <laughs> Huzzah. Oh, Captain was it supposed to be like a gang planet. show? I didn't realize. Yeah, I guess I just didn't <laughs> tell anyone that we were going to do that. But, you know, we can we can do another take later and smack it in there, you know. Yeah. Super fun. Sure. Well, uh, this is a special episode, you guys, because... I mean, uh, Terrible Book Club has done semi-live reads before, but we've never done the whole enchilada. Ate, eating the whole thing. I can't believe I ate the whole thing before. <laughs> Because this time, we are once again returning to our old pal, Karnaki, the Ghost Finder. And we are reading The Gateway of the Monster, the first story in, in this collection of stories by William Hope Hodgson about Karnaki, the Ghost Finder, the guy that finds the ghost. <laughs> uh, if this is your first time listening to the Terrible Book Club, what we do here is we read books that we assume will be bad based on their cover, title, summary, or some combination of those three things. So we do the opposite of what most people do when they are browsing in a bookstore or online for something to read. Usually this experiment results in a disappointing read, but once in a while we actually really end up liking the book. Um, and of course today we have Dee and Ken here with us. Um, they are the Antiques Freaks and they are glorious. They are going to be here to guide us through this uh, question mark Edwardian? I think Ken, we're Ken all that one, that's all you. <laughs> Edwardian. <laughs> Edwardian story. Oh, shit. I was right. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, Back to Paris. Oh, sweet. I already have a point, and we're already doing, we're only doing the intro. This is great. Um, <laughs> so, uh, for content warnings today, I mean, we've got our usual barnyard language, but honestly, we don't know other than maybe generalized occult bullshit because we're doing a live read today. None, none of us have read this before. So, <laughs> warning for cult. Warning for a generalized yeah. occult bullshit um, and Edwardian stuff. I don't know. Um, also, as far rude as... dinner hosts is, <laughs> is another content <laughs> yes. warning. <laughs> yes. Um, so the summary of this uh, collection of stories is simply, this collection of stories focuses on Thomas Karnacki, a fictional occult detective created by English writer William Hope Hodgson. So... Nothing else. You don't get anything else. Um, if you if you listened to, I think, episode, uh, I want to say 83, where the Antiques Freaks joined us uh, for The Horse of the Invisible, that story was from this same collection, so also by William Hope Hodgson, and also focused on Thomas Karnacki. So if you've heard that, then you have uh, a good foundation for what's to come. 
<sighs> so, we, so what are the rules here? Yeah, I, I, so I need, um, we need to establish wait, the rule have, set for yeah, this we, live read here. We have, we have four idiots trying to read something. So, um, <laughs> I think Ken Ken's uh, proposal was the best. Ken, would you like to explain the rules today? We will be going by Eye of Argon rules, which is you read as much as you can until you either flub it or burst into laughter, at which point it passes to the next person. Okay, which order, and what is the order? That is up to us. Okay. Um, should it be alternating TBC and Antiques Freaks, or should it be each podcast has their own team? Is there a point system? Does someone get an Olive Garden gift card at the end of this? <laughs> I I'll hope buy. not. I, here's the thing. I'll buy someone an Olive Garden gift card. Get them at least a Besties <laughs> gift card. Come on. It'll be $5. Okay. Yeah, Besties, you can actually buy something for $5, so Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, please. I, if there's an about, Olive Garden gift card at stake, I want to lose, is what I'm saying. <laughs> How about this? I'm looking at the Twitch stream right here, and we can go by uh, topsy to, uh, to bottomsy rules here, and I will do... It'll be me, and then Ken, and then Paris, and then D. Okay. Sounds and good. That seems to go in the... Let's in go the, for it order for things here all right so this is all like right. this is so, like english class in school let's let's all fuck, the, fuck this up totally <laughs> I, I was so excited when you guys pitched that because i was just like i miss that so much yeah i used to like that too um oh god my camera what's happening okay but can i say are we are people allowed to heckle the people the person that is reading yes i vote oh, yes. God, I is hope this, so. I, okay yeah <laughs> okay so you're we might be actively trying to make the person break then Okay. Oh, all right. I, yeah. I've already devised a, a route, uh, something to make me break immediately. So this is going to go real well. <laughs> yeah. My my right. uh, my plan is actually to read Karnaki, and then I'm going to break. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. All right. Uh, I guess I, I've put myself in the hot seat first, everyone. So um, uh, get your beverage of choice. Get comfy. And settle my in beverage, for my beverage of choice today. Uh, it's covered by a koozie, but. Let's let's show the people. It is pomegranate state from Night Shift Brewing. Nice. It's very very pleasant uh, pomegranate uh, saison with oats. Damn. All right. Yeah. Well, prepare yourselves for the gateway of the monster. In response to Karnaki's usual card of invitation to have dinner and listen to a story, I arrived promptly at four twenty-seven Shane Walk to find the three others who were always invited to these happy little times. There before me, five minutes later, Karnaki, Arkwright, Jessup, Taylor, and I were all engaged in the pleasant occupation of dining. <laughs> not very pleasant, I guess. You've not been long away this time, I remarked, as I finished my soup, forgetting momentarily <laughs> Karnaki's dislike of being asked even to skirt the borders of his story until such time as he was ready. Then he would not stint words. That's all, he replied with brevity. And I changed the subject, <laughs> remarking that I had been buying a new gun, to which piece of news he had given an intelligent nod and a smile which I think showed a genuinely good-humored appreciation of my intentional changing of the conversation. Are you trapped in an awkward dinner Later. conversation? Bring up your yeah. gun. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a gun, Karnaki. Oh, That's sorry, you don't want to talk about ghosts while well, I got this gun. that a break when I slap my mic? We could make a few new ghosts Wait. tonight, Karnaki. What do you say? <laughs> Can you find Later, this ghost? <laughs> Blow, oh, when shit. dinner was finished, Karnaki snugged himself comfortably down in his Just big like chair. Just like that word. Along with his pipe and began his story, 
with very literal circumlocution. Lies. Wow. Oh. Absolute lies. Lies and that, slander. That's already too much out. circumlocution. <laughs> As Dodgson was remarking just now, I've only been away a short time, and for a very good reason, too. I've only been away a short distance. The exact locality, I'm afraid, I must not tell you. God. But it is less than 20 miles from here. Though, except for changing a name, that won't spoil the story. And it is a story, too. One of the most extraordinary things I have ever run against. Oh, Karnaki, please don't don't cut yourself short on my account. Good. I want to know all the details. I received a letter a fortnight ago from a man I must call Anderson asking for an appointment. I arranged a time, and when he came, I found that he wished me to investigate and see whether I could not clear up a long-standing and well, too well-authenticated case of what he termed haunting. If it's authenticated, why does he, he need me... you for? Because like, He gonna, gave me a very full particulars. <laughs> and finally, as the case seemed to present something unique, I decided to take it up. Well, this guy already proved Two days ghosts. later, I drove to the house late in the afternoon. I found it a very old place, standing quite alone in its own grounds. Anderson had left a letter with the butler. I found pleading excuses for his absence and leaving the whole house at my disposal for my investigation. Oh, he's going to be naked somewhere. The butler... <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> wow, Chris! Right. No, I'm gonna give a round of applause. That was a really yeah, long that was read. awesome. Yeah, that was great. Okay. A rare talent, a All rare right. talent indeed. Uh, uh, Ken, you're starting at the butler. Evidently knew. Oh boy, the butler evidently knew the object of my visit, and I questioned him pretty thoroughly through the. T- Whoops. <laughs> Oh, and well, there I it guess, goes. I guess I will start with that <laughs> sentence. Take it away, Paris. Oh, God. <laughs> uh. Fuck, I don't think I can do this. All right, hang on. <laughs> the butler evidently knew the object of my visit, and I questioned him. <laughs> pretty thoroughly during dinner, which I had in rather lonely state. He is an old and privileged servant and had the history of the Grey Room exact in detail. From him, I learned more particulars regarding two things that Anderson had mentioned in but a casual manner. The first was that the door of the Grey Room would be heard in the dead of night to open and slam heavily, and this even though the butler knew it was locked and the key on the bunch in his pantry. The bunch? The second was that the bedclothes would always be found torn off the bed and hurled in a heap into a corner. There'd always be a man yeah, in the corner too, with his butt out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you found me, Karnaki. <laughs> but it was the door slamming that chiefly bothered the old butler. Many and many a time, he told me, had he lain awake and just got shivering with fright listening. For sometimes the door would be slammed time after time. Thud, thud, thud. So <laughs> that, that weren't the door, buddy. <laughs> was impossible. Yeah, we're yeah. in agreement it's not the door, right? No, no. We all know it's not the door. It ain't the door. It's a naive butler. From Anderson, I knew already that the room had a history extending back over 150 years. Three people had been strangled in it. <laughs> An ancestor of his and his wife and child. Jesus this Christ. is authentic, as I had taken very great pains to discover, so that you can imagine it was with a feeling I had a striking case to investigate that I went upstairs after dinner to have a look at the grey room. I knew it was authentic because I also strangled someone in it. And sure enough, a ghost. <laughs> Peter, the old butler, was in rather a state about my going and assured me with much solemnity that in all the 20 years of his service, no one had ever entered that room after nightfall. 
He begged me in quite a fatherly way to wait till the morning when there would be no danger and then he could accompany me himself. Of course, I smiled at him a little and told him not to bother. I explained that I should do no more than look round a bit and perhaps affix a few seals. He need not fear. I was used to that sort of thing. But he shook his head when I said that. I've been strangled <laughs> like by Karnaki ghosts. trained at SeaWorld. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple seals. <laughs> All right. I, I think that's a break there. Wait, why? Because you chuckled. I've laughed, several, I've laughed several times. Oh, okay. All right, fine. Keep going. I mean, I can also stop. It's fine if D wants to take over. No, no. I want to see how much longer you can go. Whew, okay. Yeah, I'm going to. Okay. <laughs> There isn't many ghosts like ours, sir, he assured me, with mournful pride. And by Jove, he was right, you will see. I took a couple of candles and Peter followed with his bunch of keys. He unlocked the door, but would not come inside with me. He was evidently in a fright, and he renewed his request that I would put off my examination until daylight. Of course, I laughed at him again and told him he could stand sentry at the door and catch anything that came out. And if it comes the out, ghost like in his hands, like grab the ghost. <laughs> it never and don't comes be scared outside, if it comes sir, out naked. Said, in his funny old solemn <laughs> manner, somehow he managed to make me feel as if I were going to have the creeps right away. Anyway, <laughs> it was one to him, you know. Why? Why isn't he just like all oh, the butlers? The ghost shit. So obvious. I left funny him there and examined the already solved this. It is a big apartment, yeah. well furnished in the grand style, with a huge four-poster which stands with its head to the end wall. There were two candles on the mantelpiece and two Fucking on each of the three candles. tables that were in the room. I That's lit so lock, many. <laughs> and after that, the room felt a little less inhumanly dreary. Though, mind you, it was quite fresh and kept well in every way. Fuck, I <laughs> fucked up the order of those words. All right, sorry. <laughs> quite <Done>. fresh. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> hold on. Let me, uh, let me a little sip. Oh, I'm sipping. Take your preparations. Moon sugar, not now. No, moon sugar always. Always moon sugar. Moon sugar needs you to read. <clears throat> After I had taken a good look around, I see lengths of baby ribbon across the windows. <laughs> all <laughs> just along like, the walls. What the fuck just is baby cool ribbon? You have your ghost hunting kit. Baby he didn't, ribbon. You didn't mention that. <laughs> what is that? Is that made of babies? Is a ribbon made of baby skin? I'm oh. going to Google that right now. Okay, all right. Are we better your ribbon. search history than mine. Are we pausing for Ken to Google baby ribbon? Yes, we're pausing for baby okay. ribbon definition. Christ. Da, 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 baby ribbon, Google. We must find out what that thing hey, is. You're going to love this. There's oh, nothing. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, so we're going with no dried baby flesh. That's so dried baby with. skin, yeah. I'm with it. <laughs> Great. I see a lengths of baby ribbon across the windows, along the walls, over the pictures, and over the fireplace because I had skinned many a baby and the wall closets. <laughs> All the time, as I worked, the butler stood just without the door, and I could Fuck not persuade me. him to enter, though I jested him a little, as I stretched the gory ribbons and went here and there about my work. Shit. Every now and again, he would say, You'll excuse me, I'm sure, sir, but I do wish you would come out, sir. I'm fair and quake Why for you. Why is the butler trying to fuck Karnaki? He's been I mean, this I feel whole like time. I know where that's going, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess that would make the story more interesting. I told him he need not wait, but he was loyal enough in his way <laughs> to what he considered his duty. He said he could not go away and leave me all alone there. He apologized, but made it very clear that I did not realize the danger of the room. And I could see, generally, that he was in a pretty frightened state. 
all the same. I had to make the room so that I should know if anything material entered it. So I asked him not to bother me unless he really heard or saw something. He was beginning to get on my nerves. And the- <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, wow. Wow. Great job. Great job. That was fucking amazing. I wish this butler would stop trying to seduce me. I'm trying to do my ghost finding in here. This fucking butler's trying to You ever have that happen on. to you? You're look, trying to find a ghost, and the butler just won't stop look, making eyes. Look, man, I'm a, go- I'm a ghost finder, not a dick finder. You got the profession wrong. That's what you're looking for. You got to hire someone else. I'm a ghost finder, but the dick finds me. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, you know what? If this was an HBO show, that would absolutely be the tagline. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. I'll take it from there. We're yeah. rotating around Sorry, a bit. Before yeah. I begin. Here. I'm just imagining the butler like putting a handkerchief over his dick and be like, "Ooh, find this ghost!" No, oh, no, <laughs> spooky ghost. Ooh. Brilliant plan. Brilliant. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, I get it because it looks like a ghost. Because yes, okay, it would be very all right, <laughs> yes. I'm gonna start from that same sentence. All right, yeah. He was beginning to get on my nerves, <laughs> and the feel of the room was bad enough without making it any nasty. Ooh, nasty butler. For a time further. I worked, stretching ribbons across the floor and sealing them, so that the merest touch would have broken them, or anyone to venture into the room in the dark with the intention of playing the fool. All this had taken me far longer than I had anticipated. (laughs) And suddenly I heard a clock strike eleven. I had taken off my coat soon after commencing work. Now, however, as I had practically made an end of all that I intended to do, I walked across to the settee and picked it up. I was in the act of getting into it. Wait. Wait, when the so old he's butler's just voice up a fucking couch <laughs> wait, I... and getting inside it? Wait, I picked up the couch and got into it. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> wait, wait. Oh yeah, that's a little weird. Is he gonna like cut it, it open and crawl inside of it? Is he doing like an anime what? move where he like flipped it in the air and then like jumped and sat in it and he's like, Hold on, the settee <laughs> <laughs> You are already sat. <laughs> All right, please. I was in the act of getting into it when the old butler's voice, he had not said a word for the last hour, came sharp and frightened. Come out, sir, quick. There's something going to happen. Jove, but I jumped. And then, in the same moment, one of the candles on the table to the left went out. Now, whether it was the wind or what, I do not know. But just for a moment, I was enough startled to make a run for the door, though I am glad to say that I pulled it up before I reached it. I simply could not bunk out. With the butler standing there, after having, as it were, read him a sort of lesson on being brave, you know. (laughs) So I just turned right round, picked up the two candles off the mantelpiece, and walked across to the table near the bed. Well, I saw nothing. I blew out the candle that was still alight, and then I went to those on the two tables and blew them out. Then, outside of the door, the old man called again. Oh, sir, do be told. Do be told. What? What is that? All right, Ken, what does that mean? I don't know. I've never encountered this sentence construction before in my life. Great. Good. The expert here has never seen oh, this before. Great. Yeah, he has I'm no so idea. sorry. No, it's no. I'm not. That's not a slight against you. It's a slight against the text. <laughs> what the fuck is this? It's, it sounds like something that's going to enter drag vernacular pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty sure my drag told. friends have told me do be told. All right, Peter, I said, and by Jove, my voice was not as steady as I should have liked. I made for the door and had a bit of work not to start running. I took some thundering long strides, as you can imagine. Near the door, I had a sudden feeling that there was a cold wind in the room. It was almost as if the window had been suddenly opened a little. I got to the door. 
and the old butler gave back a step in a sort of instinctive way. Call the candles, Peter, I said pretty sharply, and shoved them into his hands. <laughs> I turned and Flame side caught the down. handle. What the fuck? And slammed the door shut with a crash. Somehow, do you know, as I did so, I thought I felt something pull back on it, but it must have been only fancy. Quite the I turned fancy the key door. in the lock. And then again, double locking the door. <laughs> Is that a thing? I felt I with two I locks. felt easier then and set to and sealed the door. In addition, I put my card over the keyhole and sealed it there. What? After which I pocketed the key and went downstairs with Peter, who was nervous and silent, leading the way. Real quick, Coral is beggar. he just gluing shit down all over the room? <laughs> I guess. Does he have just like a little bottle of Gorilla Glue in his kit? Yeah, his business card over the keyhole, definitely gonna keep those ghosts out. You know, that piece of paper, that thin cardstock, just... Yep. What so if the secure. ghost is a watch? I really like that he's like... I don't worry, I have done this before. I'm not scared of no ghosts. And then, like, he jumps, a candle flickers, and he fucking... You grand mall freak out. <laughs> Karnaki is very relatable. He also just seems to have had an armful of candles this entire time. You don't? Listen, guys, I mean, like, you, we see how Shaggy reacts in Scooby-Doo, and he solves mysteries all the time. That's true. So This is true. You just gotta... Sometimes you gotta zoinks out of there. Uh. <laughs> Anyway, continuing. Poor old beggar. It had not struck me until that moment that he had been enduring a considerable strain during the last two or three hours. He has been nonstop two or three saying, hours. hey, dude, I'm super scared and under a strain, and I wish we weren't doing this for two or three hours. <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> oh, my God. About midnight, I went to bed. My room lay at the end of the corridor upon which opens the door of the gray room. I counted the doors between it and mine and found that five rooms lay between and I am sure you can understand that I was not sorry. What? <laughs> I refuse to apologize for these five I, rooms. <laughs> all five rooms, they can just go to bed without me saying sorry. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> then, just as I was beginning to undress, ah, an idea came to me. I called the butler. I took my candle and stealing wax. And dripped and it all over the my doors. <laughs> and sealed the doors of all five rooms. If any door slammed in the night, I should know just he which one. He really is screwing everything fucking shut. Yes, like, yes. ah, try to get through this, you idiot ghost. I returned to my room and locked the door and went to bed. I was waked suddenly from a deep sleep by a loud crash somewhere out in the passage. I sat up in bed and listened, but heard nothing. Then I lit my candle. And my I other candle. I was in very active... And my another lighting. candle. Oh, shit. Okay, you got me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ken, you're up. <laughs> You're on, uh, Fuck, I lit my candle. Yeah. Third candle. You lit, lit my candle. I was in the very act of lighting it. I was in the very act of lighting it when there came the bang of a door being violently slammed along the corridor. I jumped out of bed and got my revolver. I unlocked the door and went out into the passage, holding my candle high and keeping the pistol ready. Wait, is it a revolver or a pistol? Oh. Uh, both, Bitch apparently. Yeah, I guess. Also, also in this story, we're, I see we're still uh, holding this idea that guns are effective against fucking ghosts. Yeah, absolutely. He's, I think he's got a gun for every candle, actually. <laughs> he's actually just a golem made of guns and candles <laughs> stuck together with candle wax. Guns are how you find ghosts. You shoot wildly into the corridor, and then like a day later, a ghost appears because you shot someone dead. Yeah, it's true. Then a queer thing happened. The butler came in. 
<laughs> I could not go a step toward the gray room. You all know that I am not really a cowardly chap. Mm, no, we know, I, I don't disagree, know any such I thing. Disagree. I've gone into too many cases connected with ghostly things to be accused of that. But I tell you, I funked it. Simply <laughs> funked it. Just like a blessed kid. Oh, he funked it. Carnegie funked it. He simply funked it. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. He broke it down. Well, you think he was doing, like, the floss dance from the Fortnite? Absolutely. <laughs> I was there like, was what ho? Pre- <laughs> Sorry, what? What ho? <laughs> and the ho is the butler. Ah, yes, I see. There was something precious unholy in the air that night. I ran back into my bedroom and shut and locked the door. <laughs> Not a coward. Then I sat on the bed all night and listened to the dismal thudding of a door up the corridor. You know, like a brave person would do. <laughs> the sound seemed to echo through all the house. That's scary. Someone so should go Car- investigate that, Car- I thought. <laughs> Wait, Karnacki stayed up all night listening to people fuck is what I'm hearing here? <laughs> that is absolutely what happened. The butler got bored and went and found someone else. Yeah. <laughs> Daylight came at last, and I washed and dressed. The door had not slammed for about an hour, and I was getting back my nerve again. I felt ashamed of myself, though in some ways it was silly, for when you're meddling with that sort of thing, your nerve is bound to go sometimes. Yeah, like immediately. (laughs) And you just have to sit quiet and call yourself a coward until daylight. Well, yep. Sometimes it is more than just cowardice, I fancy. Sometimes it's little bitch boy shit. (laughs) I believe at times it is something warning you and fighting for you. But all the same, I always feel mean and miserable after a time like that. When the day came properly, I opened my door and, keeping my revolver handy, went quietly along the passage. I had to. Y'all better have fucking breakfast ready, or shit's about to get (laughs) weird. The fucking god, Butler. (laughs) I had to pass the head of the stairs along the way, and who should I see coming up but the old butler carrying a cup of coffee? I heard you, sir. I heard you. Please don't shoot. He had merely tucked his nightshirt into his trousers, and he had an old pair of carpet slippers on. Oh my! A word picture there, huh? Uh. Oh, oh my, Mister Karnacki! I'm I didn't dress. Did you hear the banging all night? Did you hear that? I wondered if you heard it. Hello, Peter, I said, feeling suddenly cheerful, for I was as glad as any lost child to have a live human being close to me. Where are you off to with the refreshments? The old man gave a start and slopped some of the coffee. God, what an idiot. He stared up at me, and I could see that he looked white and done up. What? <laughs> what? You just said he, he was looked- He was all done up. You just said he, he looked- his makeup. It just- You were just saying that he looked not done up. Like, he looked all ruffled, right? This butler on fleek. Apparently he was looking <laughs> sickening. He came on up the stairs and held out the little tray to me. I'm very thankful indeed, sir, to see you safe and well, he said. I feared one time you might risk going into the grey room, sir. I've <laughs> lain awake all night with the sound of the door. The door, door is with a character a now. D. Yeah. The door has now entered the cast. And when it came light, I thought I'd make you a cup of coffee. I knew you would want to look at the seals, and somehow it seems safer if there's two, sir. I hope they didn't throw too many balls on their nose in the night. <laughs> door. I was going to say, you never know when the seals were going to turn blackfish. Dude, yeah. Peter, I said, you're a brick. What? (laughs) You're a brick. Big and brown and square. (laughs) Yo, my, my. (laughs) (laughs) 
We will not forget that he's funking it. He at is, all yeah, times. He, yes. <laughs> he is funking it. Yes, he's complete. Oh he simply God. funked it. Oh, this is very thoughtful of you. And I drank the coffee. Come along, I told him and handed him back the tray. I'm going to have a look at what the brutes have been up to. I simply hadn't the pluck to in the night. Yeah, we, yeah. Mm. No cowardice here. I'm very thankful, sir, he replied. Flesh and blood can do nothing, sir, against devils, and that's what's in the grey room after dark. I examined the seals on all the doors as I went along, and found them right. But when I got to the grey room, the seal was broken, though the card over the keyhole was untouched. I used better glue on that. I ripped it off and unlocked the door and went in, rather cautiously, as you can imagine, but the whole room was empty of anything to frighten one, and there was heaps of light. I examined all my seals, and not a single one was disturbed. They clapped merrily as I examined them. <laughs> I'm just picturing him holding out little ink blot tests to the seals. <laughs> how do you to feel? To see how disturbed they are. <laughs> to see if they're down with the sickness. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. The old butler had followed me in, and suddenly he called out, The bedclothes, sir! Oh, they're all rumpled! Oh, like someone was just rolling around in them. I ran up to the bed and looked over, and surely they were lying in the corner to the left of the bed. <gasps> Jove! You can imagine how queer I felt. Well, bet I can. <laughs> Something had been in the room. I stared for a while, from the bed to the clothes on the floor. I had a feeling that I did not want to touch either. Old Peter, though, did not seem to be affected that way. Mm. He went over to the bed coverings and was going to pick them up, as doubtless he had done every day these twenty years back. But I stopped him. I wanted nothing touched until Least I finished my examination. <laughs> this I must have spent a full hour over, and then I let Peter straighten up the bed. After which we went out and I locked the door, for the room was getting on my nerves. <laughs> Everything's been annoying him lately. I had a short walk and then breakfast, after which I felt more my own man. <laughs> I bet you felt your own man. <laughs> and so returned to the grey room, and with Peter's help and one of the maids, I had everything taken out of the room. <laughs> there are maids here? For some reason I was just imagining just Peter the butler. Yeah, it didn't say it was just Peter earlier. It yeah, did, but we all know maids aren't people. They just oh. apparated. Oh. oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. Welcome to the Edwardian era. It'd be very funny if they were ghost maids and he just didn't notice. Oh, oh, those ghosts. Oh, they're, they're, they've been here all the time. They like to bang in the great... Except the bed, even the very pictures. I examined the walls, floor, and ceiling then, with probe, hammer, and magnifying glass, but found nothing suspicious. Let's <laughs> really tear up the place, And Jesus. I can assure you I began to realize in very truth that some incredible thing had been loose in the room during the past night. I sealed up everything again and went out, locking and sealing the door, as before. So please stop putting wax all over the things. I have to clean that. <laughs> <laughs> After dinner, Peter and I unpacked some of my stuff, and I fixed up my camera and flashlight opposite the door of the grey room, with a string from the trigger of the flashlight to the door. Then, you see, if the door were really open, the flashlight would blare out, and there would be, possibly, a very queer picture to examine in the morning. It's of the butler. <laughs> the last thing I did before leaving <laughs> was to uncap the lens, and after that I went off to my bedroom and to bed, for I intended to be up at midnight, and to ensure this, I set my little alarm to call me, 
Also, I left my candle burning. That's mm, not that seems safe. unsafe. Yeah, that seems unsafe. <laughs> A ghost set my room on fire. <laughs> <laughs> the clock woke me at 12, and I got up and into my dressing gown and slippers. I shoved my revolver into my right side pocket. You know, like they teach you to do at the gun range. And then my pistol into my left. <laughs> bang, bang. Yes, yes. And opened my door. Then I lit my darkroom lamp and withdrew the slide so that it would give a clear light. I carried it up the corridor about thirty feet and put it down on the floor with the open side away from me, so that it would show anything that might approach along the dark passage. Then I went back and sat in the doorway of my room with my revolver handy, staring up the passage toward the place where I knew my camera stood outside the door of the great room. Wait, 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 guys, guys, we're, once again, we're in a corridor... And he's about to shoot into it to find the ghost. <laughs> Just shoot the corridor. Just exactly like the horse one. If anyone dares to walk in the corridor, even the butler probably, butler about to gonna get blasted. Yeah. Listen, if that camera tries fucking anything, Arnaki's ready. <laughs> I should think I had watched for about an hour and a half when suddenly I heard a faint noise away up the corridor. It sounded like feet. I was immediately conscious of a queer prickling sensation about the back of my head, and my hands began to sweat a little. Knees weak, palm spaghetti. I was really horny. (laughs) (laughs) The following instant, the whole end of the passage flicked into sight in the abrupt glare of the flashlight. There came the succeeding darkness, and I peered nervously up the corridor, listening tensely and trying to find what lay beyond the faint glow of my dark lamp which now seemed ridiculously dim by contrast with the tremendous blaze of the flash power. And then, as I stooped forward, staring and listening, there came the crashing thud of the door of the Grey Room. The sound seemed to fill the whole of the large corridor and go echoing hollowly through the house. I tell you, I felt horrible, as if my bones were water. Like a brave man. Yes. That... (laughs) This man is now liquid. Mm -hmm. Oh, Alex, he Alex macked it. (laughs) simply beastly jove how i did stare and how i listened and then it came again thud 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 and then a silence that was almost worse than the noise of the door it's definitely a door and nothing else for i kept fancying that some awful thing was stealing upon me along the corridor and then suddenly my lamp was put out and i could not see a yard before me i realized all at once that i was doing a very silly thing sitting there and i jumped up So I started blasting. Even as I did so, I thought I heard a sound in the passage and quite near me. These italics are in the text, by the way. (laughs) Oh, I know. Just for the audience who might not be reading along. (laughs) I made one backward spring into my room. Oh shit, he fucking backflipped into that shit. Oh yeah. Karnaki on X Games mode. (laughs) And slammed and locked the door. I sat on my bed and stared at the door. I had my revolver in my hand, but it seemed an abominably useless thing. I felt that there was something on the other side of that door. For some unknown reason, I knew it was pressed up against the door. And it was soft. Oh. What? 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 Soft. Yeah. Because ghosts are made out of bedsheets. It's because it's, so, you know. it's just the butler, like, twerking it. <laughs> I knew That's why they call him the butler. it was pressed up against the door, and it was soft and thick. That was just what I thought. Most extraordinary thing to think. (laughs) Presently, I got a hold of myself a bit and marked out a pentacle hurriedly with chalk on the polished floor. And there I sat in it until almost dawn. 
Wait, the can I flip the... those? Fuck. Oh, yep, Uh-oh. there you go. <laughs> <Dun-dun-dun>. <laughs> All, right. All right, Paris, you're up. Thus ends my reign. I know, that was, that <laughs> that was, was a nice, good, that was good. A nice yeah. long yeah. one. Nice yeah. long extended. Good job. And all the time, away up the corridor, the door of the Grey Room thudded at solemn and horrid intervals. It was a miserable, brutal night. When the day began to break, the thudding of the door came gradually to an end, and, at last, I got hold of my courage and went along the corridor in the half-light to cap the lens of my camera. I can tell you, it took some doing, but if I had not done so, my photograph would have been spoilt, and I was tremendously keen to save it. I got back to my room and then set to and rubbed out the five-pointed star in which I had been sitting. (laughs) Half an hour later, there was a tap at my door. It was Peter with my coffee. When I had drunk it, we both went along to the grey room. As we went, I had a look at the seals on the other doors, but they were untouched. The seal on the door of the grey room was broken, as also was the string from the trigger of the flashlight, but the card over the keyhole was still there. I ripped it off and opened the door. Nothing unusual was to be seen until we came to the bed. Then I saw that, as on the previous day, the bedclothes had been torn off and hurled into the left-hand corner, exactly where I had seen them before. I felt very queer, but I did not forget to look at all the seals, only to find that not one had been broken. Then I turned and looked at old Peter, and he looked at me, nodding his head. Yep. Let's get out of here, I said. It's no place for any living human to enter without proper protection. That's literally what he said when you got here. <laughs> yeah. We went out then, and I locked and sealed the door again. I feel uh, like the sentence, it's no place for any hum- living human to enter without proper protection, is said a lot by Karnaki. Yeah, and probably the butler, too. <laughs> After breakfast, I developed the negative, but it showed only the door of the grey room half-opened. Then I left the house, as I wanted to get certain matters and implements that might be necessary to life, perhaps to the spirit, <laughs> for I intended to spend the coming night in the grey room. I got back in a cab about half past five with my apparatus, and this, Peter and I <laughs> carried up to the grey room, where this I apparatus. piled it carefully on, in the centre of the floor. When everything was in the room, including a cat which I had brought, I locked it <laughs> wait, wait, and went why? toward the bedroom, telling Peter I should not be down for dinner. He said, yes, sir, and went downstairs, busy with this cat. Yeah. thinking that I was going to turn in, which was what I wanted him to believe, as I knew he would have worried both me and himself if he had known what I intended. But I merely got my camera and flashlight from my bedroom and hurried back to the grey room. I locked and sealed myself in and set to work, for I had a lot to do before it got dark. First, I cleared away all the ribbons across the floor. Then, I carried the cat, still fastened in its basket, over toward the far wall and left it. I returned then to the centre of the room and measured out a space 21 feet in diameter, which I swept with a broom of hyssop. About this, I drew a circle of chalk, taking care never to step over the circle. Beyond this, I smudged with a bunch of garlic a broad belt right around the chalk circle. And when this was complete, I took from among my stores in the center a small jar of a certain water. I broke away the parchment and withdrew the stopper. Then, dipping my left forefinger in the little jar, I went round the circle again, marking upon the floor just within the line of chalk, the second sign of the Sama ritual, and joining each sign most carefully with the left-handed crescent. I can tell you, I felt easier when this was done, and the water circle complete. Then, I unpacked some more of the stuff that I had brought, and placed a lighted candle in the valley of each crescent. Yeah, oh, more candles is exactly what we needed here. After that, I drew a pentacle, so that each of the five points of the defensive star touched the chalk circle. In the five points of the star, I placed five portions of the bread, each wrapped in linen, and in the five veils, five open jars of water I had used to make the water circle. And now, I had my first protective barrier complete. 
And now I had my first Pee Wee Herman breakfast machine complete. (laughs) (laughs) Now, anyone except you who knows something of my methods of investigation might consider all this a piece of useless and foolish. No, no, Mr. Karnacki, we still think that, actually. Remember the Black Veil case, in which I believe my life was saved by a very similar form of protection, whilst Asta, who sneered at it and would not come inside, died! Does he bring I that up the in idea every from story? the Sixan MS written so far as I can make out in the 14th century. At first, naturally, I imagined it was just an expression of the superstition of the time. It was not until a year later that it occurred to me to test his defense, which I did, as I've just said, in that horrible black veil business. You know how that turned out. Yeah, because you bring it up literally every dinner, Karnaki. Well, like, <laughs> Jesus, ghoulish. <laughs> later, I used it several times, and always I came through safe. Until that moving fur case. That was, it was only cat. a partial Sorry, defense, therefore, and I nearly died in the pentacle. After that, I came across <laughs> Professor Garda's experiments with a medium. When they surrounded the medium with a current in vacuum, he lost his power. <laughs> vacuumed him right up. Almost as if it cut him off from the immaterial. That made me think a lot, and that is how I came to make the electric pentacle, which is the most marvelous defense against certain manifestations. I use the shape of the defensive star for this protection because I have, personally, no doubt at all but that there is some extraordinary virtue in the old magic figure. Curious thing for a 20th century man to admit, is it not? But then, as you all know, I never did and never will allow myself to be blinded by this little cheap laughter. I ask questions and keep my eyes open. (laughs) I really like that he started this with like, you guys know how I do. Anyway, I'm going to explain to you in fucking gritty detail how I do. So. Yeah. And you guys remember Aster? Aster fucking died. Like In this last case, I had little doubt that I'd run up against a supernatural monster, and I meant to take every possible care, for the danger is abominable. I don't want to die like Aster. You guys remember Aster? He died. I turned to now to fit the electric pentacle, setting it so that each of its points and veils coincided exactly with the points and veils of the drawn pentagram upon the floor. Then I connected up the battery, and the next instant the pale blue glare from the intertwining vacuum tubes shone out. I glanced about me then, with something of a sigh of relief, and realized suddenly that the dusk was upon me, for the window was grey and unfriendly. Then, round at the big empty room, over the double barrier of electric and candlelight, I had an abrupt, extraordinary sense of weirdness thrust upon me. In the air, you know, as it were. (laughs) A sense of something inhuman impending. The room was full of the stench of bruised garlic, a smell I hate. (laughs) You're the one who brought the garlic in! Someone beat up all my fucking garlic, I hate this! (laughs) I turned now to the camera and saw that it and the flashlight were in order. Then I tested my revolver carefully, though I had little thought that it would be needed. Yet, to what extent materialization of an abnatural creature is possible, given favorable conditions, no one can say. And I had no idea what horrible thing I was going to see, or feel the presence of. I might, in the end, have to fight with a materialized monster. I did not know and could only be prepared. You see, I never forgot that three other people had been strangled in the bed close to me and the fierce slamming of the door I had heard myself. I had no doubt that I was investigating a dangerous and ugly case. By this time, the night had come, though the room was very light with the burning candles, and I found myself glancing behind me constantly and then all around the room. It was nervy work waiting for that thing to come. Then suddenly, I was aware of a little cold wind sweeping over me, coming from behind. I gave one great nerve thrill and a prickly feeling went all over the back of my head. Then I hove myself round with a sort of stiff jerk and said straight against that queer wind. <laughs> it seemed to come from the corner Give of the room to the left jerk. of the bed, the place where both times I had found the heap of tossed bedclothes. Yet I could see nothing unusual. No opening. Nothing. Abruptly, I was aware that the candles were all a flicker in that natural wind. You mean I after you I just... twirled like a dervish? 
I believe I just squatted there and stared in a horribly frightened wooden way for some minutes. I shall never be able to tell you. No, damn it! Fuck! I fucked yep, it up. There right, it is. Sorry. Uh, I shall never be able to let you know. All right. D. I shall never be able to let you know how disgustingly horrible it was sitting in that vile cold wind. And then, flick, 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 all the candles around the outer barrier went out. And there was I, locked and sealed in that room, spinning endlessly and still not sure why my candles were flickering, with no light beyond the weakish blue glare of the electric pentacle. A time of abominable tenseness passed, and still that wind blew upon me, and then suddenly, I knew that something stirred in the corner to the left of the bed. I was made conscious of it, rather by some inward, unused sense, than by either sight or sound, for the pale, short-radius glare of the pentacle gave but a very poor light for seeing by. Yet, as I stared, something began slowly to grow upon my sight. A oh moving boy. shadow, a little darker than the surrounding shadows. I lost the thing amid the vagueness, and for a moment or two I glanced swiftly from side to side with a fresh, new sense of impending danger. Then my attention was directed to the bed. All the coverings were being drawn steadily off, with a hateful, stealthy sort of motion. I heard the slow, dragging slither of the clothes. <laughs> what were they but slightly I could wet? See like nothing of the th- <laughs> just damp, just really damp. It was his palms. They got all sweaty. Yeah, all that horniness, horny, horny sweat palms. I could see nothing of the thing that pulled. I was aware in a funny, subconscious, introspective, adjective, adverb fashion <laughs> that the creep had come upon me. Yet, that I was cooler mentally than I had been for some minutes. So sufficiently cool. so to feel that my hands were sweating coldly and to shift my revolver, half-consciously, whilst I rubbed my right hand dry upon my knee. All of this is important to tell you for the story, though never for an instant taking my gaze or my attention away from those moving clothes. The faint noises from the bed ceased once, and there was a most intense silence, with the only sound of the blood beating in my head. Oh, Yet oh. Imedi- oh, did I fuck I think, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, beating. yep. It was beating. Alright, Chris, you're up. Beat. I got beat-blooded. Yeah. Bloody beats. Anyway. Yet, immediately afterward, I heard upon... Crap. I immediately funked it. I funked it immediately. (laughs) Wow, okay. Simply funked it. I simply funked it, everybody. If not upon, (laughs) it's again. Uh, All right. I guess that means, Ken, you're immediately up. Wow. Yet, immediately afterward, I heard again the slurring of the bedclothes being dragged off the bed. No cause for that kind of language, bedclothes. Yeah. (laughs) In the midst of my nervous tension, I remembered the camera and reached round for it, but without looking away from the bed. And then, you know, all in a moment, the whole of the bed coverings were torn off with extraordinary violence. And I heard the flump they made as they were hurled into the corner. Is this the first literary instance of flump? Yes. (laughs) Like, what is this? Flump? Flump. Also, I would never associate the word flump with something terrifying. Yeah. It's it's just silly. The the horrifying flump of the bedclothes. There was a time of absolute quietness then for perhaps a couple of minutes, and you can imagine how horrible I felt. The bedclothes had been thrown with such savageness. Till they flumped. And then again, the brutal unnaturalness of the thing that had just been done before me. Nothing more unnatural than stripping bedclothes, 
Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. just it's just some tossed bedclothes. It's fine. It's not that brutal. I haven't heard any death metal about bedclothes being thrown. The brutal flump they made as they were hurled. <laughs> mm-hmm. Brutal flumping. Abruptly, over by the door, I heard a faint noise, a sort of crickling sound, and then a pitter or two upon the floor. Ah, uh, someone pittered on the floor. Those jars that he brought in. A great nervous thrill swept over me, seeming to run up my spine and over the back of my head, for the seal that secured the door had just been broken. Something was there. I could not see the door. At least, I mean to say that it was impossible to say how much I actually saw, and how much my imagination supplied. From here I will begin lying. (laughs) (laughs) This is your warning. I made it out, only as a continuation of the grey walls. And then it seemed to me that something dark and indistinct moved and wavered there among the shadows. Abruptly, I was aware that the door was opening, and with an effort I reached again for my camera. But before I could aim it at the door... Wait, nope. Nope. There's no at there. Nope. There it is. Uh, uh, sorry, I somehow... Choked. Where the the fuck... Where the fuck are we? (laughs) Were you paying attention? Oh, I see it. I see it. (laughs) No, 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 I, I am. I just... It's really hard to stare at this wall of text. Um, <laughs> that's that's what books so, are, Paris. Uh, that's what books are. Do though. we want? Um, do we want to? Do we want me to start that whole sentence or just that clause? Start the clause. Uh, yeah. Okay. But before I could aim it at the door, was slammed with a terrific crash that filled the whole room with a sort of hollow thunder. I jumped like a frightened child. There seemed such a power behind the noise, as though a vast, wanton force were out. Can you understand? As if some force had awakened. (laughs) The door was not touched again, but directly afterward, I heard the basket in which the cat lay creak. I tell you, I fairly prinkled all along my (laughs) Oh, once you pop, you can't stop that. Yeah, everywhere. Don't eat in bed, dude. (laughs) I knew that I was going to learn definitely whether whatever was abroad was dangerous to life. From the cat, there arose suddenly a hideous caterwaul that ceased abruptly. Then, too late, I snapped off the flashlight. In the great glare, I saw that the basket had been overturned, and the lid was wrenched open, with the cat lying half in and half out upon the floor. I saw nothing else, but I was full of the knowledge that I was in the presence of some being or thing that had power to destroy. So this so this guy is just like, oh my god, a terrible power, because it like kind of shoved the cat out of its basket a little bit. During the next two or three minutes, there was an odd, noticeable quietness in the room, and you must re- Fuck! I already fucked up. I said must instead of much. I'm sorry. Ah, you got it. We all funk it sometimes, Paris. Simply funked it. And you much remember I was half-blinded for the time because of the flashlight, so that the whole place seemed to be bitchy dark just beyond the shine of the (laughs) pentacle. I thought you said bitchy dark. Oh, no. I tell you, it was most horrible. I just knelt there in the star and whirled round trying to see whether anything was coming at me. My power of sight came gradually, and I got a little hold of myself, and abruptly, I saw the thing I was looking for, close to the water circle. It was big and indistinct, and wavered curiously, as though the shadow of a vast spider hung suspended in the air, just beyond the barrier. It passed swiftly round the circle, and seemed to probe ever toward me, but only to draw back with extraordinary, jerky movements, as might a living person if they touched the hot bar of a grate. Round and round it moved, and round and round I turned. Then, just opposite to one of the veils in the pentacles, it seemed to pause, 
as though preliminary to a tremendous effort. It retired almost beyond the glow of the vacuum light, and then came straight towards me, appearing to gather form and solidity as it came. There seemed a vast, malign determination behind the movement that must succeed. I was on my knees, and I jerked back, falling onto my left hand and hip in a wild endeavor to get back from the advancing thing. With my right hand, I was grabbing madly for my revolver, which I had let slip. The brutal thing came with one great sweep straight over the garlic and water circle, almost to the veil of the pentacle. I believe I yelled. Then, just as suddenly as it had swept over, it seemed to be hurled back by some mighty, invisible force. It must have been some moments before I realized I was safe, and then I got myself together in the middle of the pentacles, feeling horribly gone and shaken, and glancing round and round the barrier, but the thing had vanished. Yet, I had learned something, for I knew not. Oh, fuck. Uh. <laughs> oh. All right, Chris, you're up. Yet, I had learned something, for I knew now that the gray room was haunted by a monstrous hand. Oh, yeah? Suddenly, yeah, sure? as I crouched yeah. there, I saw what had so nearly given the monster an opening through the barrier. In my movements within the pentacle, I must have touched one of the jars of water, for just where the thing had made its attack, the jar that guarded the deep of the veil had been moved to one side, and this had left one of the five doorways unguarded. I put it back quickly and felt almost oh safe again. Oh my god, Karnaki. For I had found the cause, and the defense was still good, and I began to hope again that I should see the morning come in. When I saw that thing so nearly succeed, I had an awful, weak, overwhelming feeling that the barriers could never bring me safe through the night against such a force. You can understand. For a long God, time. God, he's like a guy in a bar that's just like explaining that my new shit yes. you don't fucking care about. Yeah, like- is this is this dude mansplaining a shitty ghost story? <laughs> like, that feels like what's happening here. It's just like, I want to know, like, I was being haunted by a monstrous hand, but more importantly... The jar of water had been inched five inches to the left, and I was. My jars of water need to be perfect, and you, Can you understand? possibly understand? Are you even capable of comprehending that this jar of water had moved? For a long time, I could not see the hand, but presently I thought I saw once or twice an odd wavering over among the shadows near the door. A little later, as though in a sudden fit of malignant rage, the dead body of the cat was picked up and beaten with dull, sickening blows fuck? against the solid floor. What? That made... And when was it established that the cat had died? Now, I, I guess. guess it, I guess it was a subtle suggestion. That made me feel rather queer. Is that the proper explanation for how something banging a cat's corpse against the floor makes you feel just like, huh, that's a little weird. Also, what was the point of the cat except to have it murdered? Yeah, why and, did not bring anything... the cat into this? I don't want to say, like, you know... Thumbs down. Like, pick a mouse or something, buddy. A minute afterward, the door was opened and slammed twice with tremendous force. The next instant, the thing made one swift, vicious dart at me from out of the shadows. Instinctively, I started sideways from it, and so plucked my hand from upon the electric pentacle where, for a wickedly careless moment, I had placed it. The monster was hurled off from the neighborhood of the pentacles. Though owing, <laughs> small. <laughs> though owing to my inconceivable foolishness, it had been enabled for a second time to pass the outer barriers. I can tell you, I shook for a time with sheer funk. Oh, cat slam dunk the funk and put it up. Gonna fight this ghost hand. 
I moved right to the center of the pentacles again and knelt there, making myself as small and compact as possible. As I knelt, there the came... The act of a very brave man. Yeah, knelt, oh, you mean like a cat? That didn't seem to do it much good. There came to me presently a vague wonder at the two accidents which had so nearly allowed the brute to get at me. Was I... Oh, Karnaki beat himself. Was I being influenced to unconscious voluntary actions that endangered me? The thought took hold of me, and I watched my every movement. Abruptly, I stretched a tired leg and knocked over one of the jars of water. Oh, no! <laughs> Some what? was spilled. How could you be that fucking careless when your life is in danger? Just like, I it's, don't it's know, like stretch. The, uh, the only thing circle. he's been thinking of till now, and he just like fucking kicks it over in a fit of funk. God. Some was spilled, but because of my suspicious watchfulness, I had it upright and back within the veil while yet some of the water remained. Even as I did so, the vast black half-materialized hand beat up at me out of the shadows and seemed <laughs> to leap of... almost into my face. So nearly did it <laughs> Stop approach. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> but for the third time, it was thrown back by some altogether enormous overmastering force. Yet apart from the dazed fright in which it left me, I had for a moment the feeling of spiritual sickness, as if some delicate, beautiful inward grace had suffered, which is felt only upon the too near approach of the abhuman, and is more dreadful in a strange way than any physical pain that can be suffered. Ah, oh, dude, the abhuman is like my favorite workout. <laughs> I knew by this more of the extent and closeness of the danger, and for a long time I was simply cowed by the butt-headed brutality of the force upon my spirit. I can put it no other way. Uh, Fucking butthead. Really? Really? You couldn't put it any other way? I can put no it no other, other way. way. I knelt again Listen, in the... Listen, you ceased by funk. I knelt again in the center of the pentacles, watching myself with more fear almost than the monster. For I knew now that unless I guarded myself from every sudden impulse that came to me, I might simply work my own destruction. Do you see how horrible it all was? Can you possibly understand that the ghost was spooky? Do you see? I spent the rest of the night in a haze of sick fright, and so tense that I could not make a single movement naturally. I was in such fear that any desire for action that came to me might be prompted by the influence that I knew was at work upon me. And outside of the barrier, that ghastly thing went round and round, grabbing and grabbing in the air at me. Twice more was the body of the dead cat molested. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. This the second time, I heard every bone in its body scrunch and crack. And all the time, the horrible wind was blowing upon me from the corner of the room to the left of the bed. Then, Bro, you need help. Just as Wait, the, the whole fuck? Then just as the first touch of dawn came into the sky, that unnatural wind ceased in a single moment, and I could see no sign of the hand. The dawn came slowly, and presently the wan light filled all the room, and made the pale glare of the electric pentacle look more unearthly. Yet, it was not until the day had fully come that I made any attempt to leave the barrier, for I did not know but that there was some method abroad in the sudden stopping of that wind to entice me from the pentacles. At last, when the dawn was strong and bright, I took one last look round and ran for the door. I got it unlocked, and in a nervous and clumsy fashion, then locked it hurriedly and went to my bedroom, where I lay on the bed and tried to steady my nerves. Peter came, presently, with the coffee, and when I had drunk it, I told him I meant to have a sleep, as I had been up all night. Yeah, like I do after coffee, yeah. 
Coffee always calms me down. He took the tray and went out <laughs> quietly, and after I had locked my door, I turned in properly and at last got to sleep. I woke about midday, and after some lunch, went up to the gray room. I switched off the current from the pentacle, which I had left on in my hurry. Also, I removed the body of the cat. You can understand I did not want anyone to see the poor brute. Well, gee, I don't know if there's much left of it. After that, I made a very careful search of the corner where the bedclothes had been thrown. I made several holes and probed what? and found nothing. Yeah, I just stuck it in each one and I waited. <laughs> then it occurs to It wasn't like to any me... of those movies at all. <laughs> okay, well, you got me there. <laughs> you got me deep. <laughs> oh, that was, that was good. That was good. It was, long, it was a long one. Uh, the next sentence ain't much better. <laughs> oh, 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 very good. Oh, no. Then it occurred to me to try with my instrument under the skirting. Still not like the movies. I did so and heard my wire ring on metal. I turned the hook end that way and fished for the thing. Well, what shape is it? At the second go, I got it. It was a small object and I took it to the window. I found it to be a curious ring made of some graying material. The curious thing about it was that it was made in the form of a pentagon. That is, the same shape as the inside of the magic pentacle, but without the mounts, which form the points of the defensive star. It was free from all chasing or engraving. You will understand that I was excited when I tell you I felt sure I held in my hand the famous luck ring of the Anderson family. What? Oh, Excuse me? Excuse me? What else could it what? be? Yeah, that's my favorite Disney Disney original movie. Fucking Deus Ex Machina shit, just pulling stuff out of your ass right at the end. You know, the famous luck ring of the Anderson family. As you know. Which, indeed, was of all things the one most intimately connected with the history of the haunting, which is why I didn't tell you why about I it didn't. earlier. <laughs> so that's why <laughs> I, I never yet. That's why it's not been brought up at all. This ring was handed on from father to son through generations, and always, in obedience to some ancient family tradition, each son had to promise never to wear the ring. Oh, great. Cool ring to keep around. The ring, I may say, was brought home by one of the crusaders under very peculiar circumstances, but the story is too long to go into here. No, by all means, please tell me the more interesting shit like how many points a star has. Oh, God. And how and how many inches you nudged a jar of water. How many holes you probed. It appears that young Sir Holbert, an ancestor of Anderson's, made a bet in drink, you know, that he would wear the ring that night. The mad lad. <laughs> My god, I'm gonna wear the ring. He did so, and in the morning his wife and child were found strangled in the bed in the very room oh, in Oh, the which ring I stood. did it! The ring! Ah, it was the ring, definitely the ring. Many people, it would seem, thought young Sir Hulbert was guilty of having done the thing in drunken anger, and he, in an attempt to prove his innocence, slept a second night in the room. He also was strangled. <laughs> <laughs> Case closed! Mystery solved, everyone! Since then, as you may imagine, no one has ever spent a night in the Grey Room until I did so. The ring had been lost so long that it had become almost a myth, and it was the most extraordinary to stand there with the actual thing in my hand, as you can understand. I think I added a the there. Wait, wait, sorry, the butler who, the butler who cleans the room, right? Didn't the butler say he cleans the room? Yeah. Shitty Didn't, butler. Why is he? Well, he's too busy mussing up the. Why is clothes. it like no one's ever been in there to find the ring, when the butler was? 
was in there to clean. I don't know. Ken, are you are you seeding to me? There was yes. yeah, there was a word okay. mixed there. <clears throat> Your turn is all gone. right. All right. It was whilst I stood there looking at the ring that I got an idea, supposing that it were in a way a doorway. You see what I mean? A sort of gap in the world hedge. It was a queer idea, I know, and probably was not my own, but came to me from the outside. You see, the wind had come from that part of the room where the ring lay. I thought a lot about it. Then the shape, the inside of a pentacle. It had no mounts, and without oh, mounts, I know what a star as a looks six like sand MS has it, the mounts, which are the five hills of safety, to lack is to give power to the demon, and surely to favor the evil thing. You see, the very shape of the ring was insignificant, and I determined to test it. I unmade the pentacle. Can you possibly understand? For it must be made afresh and around the one to be protected. Then I went out and locked the door. After which I left the house to get certain matters, for neither yarbs nor fire nor wire must be used a second time. What's a yarb, please? Word for a cat. I returned Old about English word for a cat. 730, and as soon as the things I had brought had been carried up to the grey room, I dismissed Peter for the night, just as I had done the evening before. When he had gone downstairs, I let myself into the room and locked and sealed the door. I went to the place in the centre of the room where all the stuff had been packed and set to work with all my speed to construct a barrier about me and the ring. I do not remember whether I explained it to you, but I had reason well, sure that if the ring were in any way a medium of admission and it were enclosed with me in the electric pentacle, it would be, to express it loosely, insulated. Do you see? The force, see? which had visible expression as a hand, would have to stay beyond the barrier which separates the ab from the normal, from the gateway <laughs> to be removed from yeah. accessibility. As I was saying, I'll show you abs I worked normal, with all baby. my speed to get the barrier completed about me and the ring, for it was already later than I cared to be in that room unprotected. Also, I had a feeling that there would be a vast effort made that night to regain the use of the ring, for I had the strongest conviction that the ring was a necessity to materialization. You will see whether I was right. Just fucking get rid of it. I completed the barriers in about an hour, and you can imagine something of the relief I felt when I felt I the pale glare of the electric pentacle once more all about me. From then onward, for about two hours, I sat quietly, facing the corner from which the wind came. At about eleven o'clock, a queer knowledge came that something was near to me. Yet nothing happened for a whole hour after that. Then, suddenly, I felt the cold, queer wind begin to blow upon me. To my astonishment, it seemed now to come from behind me, and I whipped round with a hideous quake of fear. The wind met me in the face. It was blowing up from the floor close to me. I stared down in a sickening maze of new frights. What on earth had I done now? The ring was there, close beside me, where I had put it. Suddenly, as I stared, bewildered, I was aware that there was something queer about the ring. Funny, shadowy movements and convolutions. I looked at them, stupidly. And then, abruptly, I knew that the wind was blowing up at me from the ring. A queer, indistinct smoke became visible to me, seeming to pour upward through the ring and mix with the moving shadows. Suddenly, I realized that I was in more than any mortal danger. For the convoluting shadows about the ring were taking shape, and the death hand was forming within the pentacle. My goodness, do you realize that I had brought the gateway into the pentacles, and the brute was coming through, pouring into the material world as gas might pour out from the mouth of a pipe. I should think that I knelt for a moment in a sort of stunned fright. Then, with a mad, awkward movement, I snatched at the ring, intending to hurl it out of the pentacle. Yet, it eluded me, as though some invisible living thing jerked it hither and thither. At last, Man, he's I been gripped it, a lot yet in, in the same instant it was torn from my grasp with incredible and brutal force. 
A great black shadow covered it and rose into the air and came at me. I saw that it was the hand, vast and nearly perfect in form. I gave one crazy yell and jumped over the pentacle and the ring of burning candles and ran despairingly for the door. I fumbled idiotically and ineffectually with the key and all the time I stared with a fear that was like insanity toward the barriers. The hand was plunging toward me, yet even as it had been unable to pass into the pentacle when the ring was without, so now that the ring was within, it had no power to pass out. The monster was chained, as surely as any beast would be, were chains riveted upon it. I know what chained is like. Thank you, Karnaki. Yes. Even then, understand a chain. I got a flash of this knowledge, but I was too utterly shaken with fright to reason. And the instant I managed to get the key turned, I sprang into the passage and slammed the door with a crash. I locked it and got to my room somehow, for I was trembling so that I could hardly stand, as you can imagine. I locked myself in imagine? and managed to get the candle lit. Then I lay down on my bed, kept quiet for an hour or two, and so I got steadied. I got a little sleep later, but woke when Peter brought my coffee. Like when I had drunk it, I felt altogether better and took the old man along with me whilst I had a look into the grey room. I opened the door and peeped in. The candles were still burning, warm so against safe. the daylight, and behind them was the pale glowing star of the electric pentacle. And there, in the middle, was the ring, the gateway of the monster, lying demure and ordinary. Nothing in the room was touched, and I knew that the brute had never managed to cross the pentacles. Then I went out and locked the door. After a sleep of some hours, I left the house. I returned in the afternoon in a cab. I had with me an oxyhydrogen jet and two cylinders containing the gases. I carried the things into the grey room, and there, in the centre of the electric pentacle, I erected the little furnace. Five minutes later, the lock ring, once the lock but now the bane of the Anderson family, was no more than a little solid splash of hot metal. Well, finally! Karnaki felt in his pocket and pulled out something wrapped in tissue paper. He passed it to me. I opened it and found a small circle of greyish metal, something like lead, only harder and rather brighter. Well, I asked at length, after examining it and handing it round to the others, did that stop the haunting? Karnaki nodded. Yes, he said. I slept three nights in the grey room before I left. Old Peter nearly fainted when he knew that I meant to, but by the third oh, night so he seemed to realise that the house was just safe and ordinary. And you know, I believe in his heart, he hardly approved. Karnaki stood up and began to shake hands. Out you go, he said, <laughs> genially. Okay. And presently we went, pondering to our various homes. Fuck out of my house! Yeah. Oh. Yes. Oh. God, oh, Karnaki is the fucking worst! Paris, you get, you get the Olive Garden so, gift card. Do you notice again? No, I don't want you, you it! Got you got to the end. You're the one that yeah. gets it. Yeah, five dollars. Five dollars off at the Olive Unlimited Garden. Unlimited breadsticks. Uh... Ten bucks at best. Limited, come on. limited to five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> there actually was oh a limit God. on the breadsticks. I worked at Olive Garden briefly. There was uh. a limit. <gasps> what? That's so oh raw. God. That's the only reason to be there, and they take it away. It, it was a really high limit. It, uh. was, it was like twenty servings or something. Guys, I have never attempted an accent for any period of time, and I think I did like ten different English accents. You went, <laughs> yeah. I think you, I think you got through the entirety of the con. You honestly, you went from like you Harry Potter. Well. You went from Harry Potter to Hermione by like around the second or third just, run through. I just, I was just like, fuck. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just fucking wiggling through different areas of England. It's fine, um, or the UK, I should say. Uh, and that's okay. At least I didn't end up too Irish or Scottish at any point. Um, yeah, you you didn't. That's why I didn't. You didn't go full Dick Van Dyke, yeah. so you're fine. That's why I didn't that's go true. for the accent 
Okay. Thing, oh, oh boy. Oh thing, boy. That was hard. A thing I really, really liked about this story. I love that the ghost was a hand, and as a result, it could only do hand stuff. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so like, it's just I mean, like I really, I love to imagine it was just like. Open the door. Close the door. Open the door. Close the door. Open the door. Well, close the door. I also don't understand why they were like, "Oh, we're so scared of the door opening and closing, and also it throws stuff on the floor." Like, whatever. I I don't I, I don't know. And it took so long for him to just explain very basic shit. It's just such a waste of time. I like that he had been withholding the entire time the interesting part of the story. Yeah, the the luck ring that we just didn't know about until, what, the penultimate <laughs> paragraph? It's, like, it's way more interesting. The tentacle oh. moment, yeah. if you will. Yeah. It, it, oh, oh. Um, did he ever explain how the pentacle was electric? You, battery. Battery. It, it, yeah. I mean, I know there was a battery, but I don't remember. What, I mean, I know I read it, but I don't remember what it was hooked up to. Like, it was sucked up to vacuum tubes and wires. Yeah. Oh, vacuum tubes. Yeah, you're right. Real you're right, you're that right. old. I don't really know why vacuums are important. But. Okay, Paris. Do you know like a guitar amp? Yes. Like the the tubes in the back of a, a guitar t- amp. A tube amp. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Those yes. are vacuum tubes, in that there was a vacuum inside of. A, I know. Okay. Well, you just said Can you. I know that they're vacuum you tubes. You said you just. Said, I'm. I'm aware. You just said you didn't understand where the vacuum. Where the vacuum tubes? It's different from a solid state amp. You see, that does not have. Those. No, that's. The, I'm. Just, I'm expo- anyway, I thought you said you didn't know why there was a vacuum. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mansplain. <laughs> Can you possibly it's, comprehend the vacuum? Yeah, can you possibly can you understand vacuum tubes? They have better tone, Barris. No, I'm an idiot. I'm a stupid clipping, singer. I don't know shit about guitars. The clipping is more rounded, you see. God. Um. All right, so folks, can we fix this story? Yes. Yes. How? Uh, someone other than Karnaki tell it. <laughs> Karnaki dies, the cat lives. Done. Yes. <laughs> the cat. The cat. Wait, wait, okay. Yeah, the... um, at some point, oh! the hand, he figures out it's a hand because it stops and pets the cat. Yes! No, he figures out it's a hand because it jerks him off. And then the butler comes in. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, and what? The hand and not me? Like, really? You turn me down every night and then this fucking spectral hand yeah. shows up? Yeah. What if... Um, and then there's, yeah, just some weird, like, spectrophilia orgy and, you know, that's that's cool. Um. Okay, so that's definitely a fix. Or... Karnaki's spirit gets sucked into the cat, and then he's a cat for the rest of his adventures. I would also be down yeah, with that. That seems unfair to the cat. Yeah. Then has to fucking <laughs> but be then Karnaki. The, but then the ghost hand breaks all the bones in Karnaki's body, and he's like, oh, cat forever now. <laughs> well, hey, honestly, Karnaki, the cat ghost finder, would be a way more entertaining. Um, yeah, I'd much rather go to dinner at that guy's house. <laughs> yeah, agree. What if, all right, what if so, the cat... Fuck, hold on a second. I, I have an idea. What if the cat was the one that dragged the ring into the pentacle? That would be fun. <gasps> yeah. That would be fun. Ghost. Ghost. Yeah. Because the be cat good. doesn't yeah, know cat what, what about goes. this whole electric pentacle thing. So, the cat, like, Karnaki is, like, all upset that the cat's about to do some cat shit and, like, knock the ring off of the bedpost or something into the pentacle. <laughs> like a naughty Exactly. Cat. And then, like, that's all it takes to trap the, the hands. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I don't know if we have anything else to say about this other uh, than... I just want to point out that, um... So it opens with Arkwright, Jessup, and Taylor also being there and affecting nothing, either in the tone of the story or the way it goes or in the telling of it. They're just there, silent and staring as Karnaki asks them if they could possibly understand. I think both <laughs> both them and Karnaki wishes they weren't there. Why does yeah. he have four friends? He well, barely my, needs one. 
I know. My other question is like, why is he so quick to kick them the fuck out of his house? He's like, oh, I just finished the last sentence. Get the fuck out of here. Like, out, Jesus. Out, out, out. Like, we're not even going to have some fucking coffee. Like, calm the fuck down. Oh, wait. Okay. That's another fix I've got. At the end, when he kicks everyone out in like such a goddamn hurry, he pulls out from his other pocket the actual ring and he's like, just you and me tonight. <laughs> oh, yes. That's go. a much better ending. Good job, D. Good job. <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't understand why people like these stories so much. I think they suck. People like these stories? Karnaki yeah. walked so Lovecraft could run. No! I mean, <laughs> more like Karnaki crawled so Lovecraft could, like, roll downhill screaming <laughs> epithets. Yeah, I... <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, All right. wow. Well, it's giving both of them too much credit, like... <laughs> I know, it's true. Um, oh, we seem to have lost Chris, so no. I guess I guess I'll just finish this up by myself. Um, oh, Chris is gone. R.I.P. Chris, you were a good host for the past. You were few a great years. host. Thank you. You were great. Um, oh, perhaps Chris has returned to us. But anyway, I was I just think gonna... I hear a spectral. I don't hand. know what happened. <laughs> oh, is that spectral hand coming to jerk us off? Oh, there he is. Oh I don't my know god. What um, that's all right. Welcome back. So um, I was just going to close the show out unless we had any further comments. No, that uh, I don't like. I don't understand why people like these things. These seem like very yeah, boring just said. ghost stories. Yeah. <laughs> well, that and he like can't keep things consistent. You know, like revolver, pistol. He can't. Um, he I'll goes into slide. too much detail about things that don't matter, and then doesn't go into detail about things that should matter. Um, also, why are guns effective against ghosts? That's still a thing not, I don't understand. Though. They're not. They're never. Well, I, are. He never has not learned his but lesson. Why does? But why does he think that? I don't understand why he has that um, that idea. You know, it's very odd. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't, I don't find these very um, compelling at all. These are not great. So, uh, well, and yet I love them so much. Oh, I love how terrible they are for sure. This was really fun. Thanks so much for doing this with us. Um, you know, having the antiques freak here, the antiques freaks here, is always uh, an honor and a privilege. Um, and we really appreciate y'all doing this with us. So thank you. Aw, shucks. Thanks for inviting us. Thanks yeah. for having us. Thanks for reading shitty Edwardian spec fic with us. Oh, dude. Like, I mean, I'm sure we'll do this many times. You know, no. we were at a why? pace of have, having y'all on. What? I was gonna, why must we do this many times? There's only five stories, right? I want to get through oh, all God. of them. All right, fine. I mean, someday, someday we will. Well, now, um, there are there are five stories in this collection. No, oh. oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, fuck. <laughs> What did you sign um, us up for, Paris? No, we can't. We... Uh, well, anyway, thank you, Antiques Freaks, for joining us. Thank you, anyone on Twitch. I don't think anyone's here tonight, but that's fine. We didn't advertise. We just did this. So There's a few people. Um, lastly, thank you to our Patreon supporters, of course. Thank you to Dari, Greg, Will, Veronica, D, Jared, Lynn, Senia, Jakob, Bobby Blackcat, Jensina, Mayocat, Elliot, Kieran, Martin, and our newest patron, Jay. If you also want to help support the show, like our the lovely folks that I just listed, you can become a patron on Patreon. You can also become a patron for the Antiques Freaks. I highly recommend doing so. Um, another thing I highly recommend is joining the Antiques Freaks Friends Facebook group. Uh, I'm a member, and it's very fun. Um, additionally, you can subscribe to our shows on whatever platform you choose, specifically uh, YouTube for us here at Terrible Book Club or perhaps iTunes, Podbean, Podchaser, whatever. You can share our shows. You can also rate and review them, again, on any app that you see fit. 
Um, if you want to contact us here at TBC, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Goodreads, or you can send an email to terriblebookclub at gmail.com. Uh, Freaky Antiques, where can folks find you and talk to you? You can email us directly at antiquesfreakspodcast at gmail.com or hit up the aforementioned Facebook group Antiques Freaks Friends. Look at y'all, so streamlined. We just got shit everywhere, but you, y'all are great. Just like, only two it's options. Like, we tried other things and they all suck really bad. Yeah, I, yeah. Actually, I can confirm. I can confirm that's true. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I hope, um, hope y'all are doing okay out there. It's, um, it's been pretty hot up here in New England where we all are. But um, otherwise, things are, you know, things are continuing. <laughs> things, about all things I sure can are happening. happening. Things yeah. sure in Paris. are existing. <laughs> things sure are existing. Um, and with that, no matter how much I wish it would stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and with that, um, I think we'll leave you for this evening. We leave you tend to listeners. Watch out for spectral hands. Yes. Oh, reservoir. Oh. Yeah, don't, spectral claps. don't get jerked off by a spectral hand. Don't get tempted by spectral ass cheeks. Have a great night. Bye, Paris. <laughs> no promises. <laughs>